college football talk like you've never heard before. The pinky finger goes up the nose. From the tailgates. He is a terrible tipper and a terrible human. To the touchdowns. He's going for the corner. He's got it. We have everything covered. Place at the table. Here are your hosts, Patrick Maher and Andy Staples. This squad is in the house. All right, just in time for the college football season. This is Place at the Table. It's a podcast starring, well, me mostly, Patrick Maher, and Andy Staples from Sports Illustrated, as I say hi to Andy. I'm in Los Angeles, by the way, and Andy Staples, Big Sexy, is in the swamps of Florida. And here we go, my friend, Place at the Table podcast. S- starring mostly you. You don't even know why we named it what we named it. I don't. I Look, this is going to be a podcast about college football. It's going to be a podcast about food. It's going to be a podcast about love and mostly life, Andy. But movies are not my strong suit. I'm embarrassed for you, Patrick. You Embar- why? So the reason it's called Place at the Table should I tell him the whole story or should I should I just make us look cool? Yeah, well, you tell us should, the whole story. Let's let's make me look stupid first and then we'll we'll get to the the part where Dustin our producer saves us. Okay, fine, so, but let me just tell you this. And I just want to say it quickly so everybody knows as they tune into this podcast for the first time. Spread this to your friends. This is going to be the preeminent college football podcast that turns into your favorite podcast in life. And just to start it, we had week 0 of the college football season coming up in week 1, two huge matchups which will get into but i call andy big sexy and now he is slimming down his wife's got him on p90x but i call him that because <laughs> insanity baby <laughs> you're, you're i do all i do all the beach body workouts though i have i i subscribe to beach body on demand i kind of you know what it's interesting i call you big sexy because this is going to be a sexy year in college football because mm-hmm. you're an expert you're also a national champ which we'll get into but you're an expert we have never had a college football season with this preeminent starting quarterbacks you can you can correct me if I'm wrong as we get going here, but this year is going to be about Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, and quarterbacks. So we're going to get into those. We'll also, Andy will give predictions on from each power conference who can actually make it to the playoff. And a little something we do as you join me on uh, uh, my show all the time, what's good with Staples food recommendations from Sexy? Oh, absolutely. So I had a, a very fruitful trip out to the Pacific Northwest last week, and I have Recommendations from Seattle, from Pullman, Washington, from Moscow, Moscow Idaho. Moscow, Russia. Moscow, Idaho. Okay. Moscow. Not Moscow. <laughs> Moscow is in Russia. Moscow is in Idaho. So we, we didn't have, we had a place now. It's Place at the pot, Place at the Table podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at P-A-T-T podcast, even named after me. Email us for advertising opportunities, placeatthetablepod at gmail.com. But again, my friend, this was not the original name for the show. No. And so we had the best idea for a name. The best. We were going to call it the program, right? You know, like your favorite college football program. It's a sort of on-demand radio program. Genius! It's it's perfect. It works on many many levels. <laughs> and so we went with this. We made a one sheet to send to advertisers. We wrote up a press release. We had everything ready, and we were about two hours away from from taping this first episode. <laughs> and I'm like. You know, I should probably make sure nobody else uses the program. Yeah, this is on anywhere you, else by in the, the way. podcast world. Oh, it's totally on me. Totally on me. So I type it in, and of course, the biggest sports talk station in Kansas City, eight ten, uses the program for for one of its on demand shows. Well, it's one thing if it's some dude in his basement 
Like, I don't mind going up against him and, and saying, look, you, you, you can't just have exclusive rights to that name. But if it's one of the biggest sports talk stations in the country, I'm not going to mess with that. So I frantically start texting Patrick and Dustin. And Dustin saves my ass because that's what Dustin does. Sure. So he goes, well, what about place at the table? And the reason I wanted to be the program is because the program is the second best college football fo- movie ever made behind Necessary Roughness. I wouldn't know. I know you wouldn't. Here's, but here's the thing. The program was filmed at your alma mater. <laughs> well, I did do some research, and I find out South Carolina and Columbia was involved. But I don't waste like I dude. I don't didn't even understand when you said the program. You sent the Ultimate Warrior as like an icon. That's not the Ultimate no, Warrior. No, 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 that's no. Latimer from the program. To, to be fair, that's that the is starting defensive end. It, it, no, that for the for the Eastern State University Wolfpack. Rest in peace. That is the Ultimate Warrior. That is not the Ultimate Warrior. That guy is still alive. Yeah, but hold on a second. How, what the hell did you think? Now, I understand that we are cutting edge when it comes to podcasts. We're getting out in front of this wave. But why didn't you think, dude, that there was going to be a podcast called The Program? Seems I, pretty basic. I didn't think about it. So, but it doesn't matter because Dustin's idea is better. So, one of the very famous scenes in the program, and you heard it in the show open, right? Latimer... Finds out that he's going to start at defensive end. And he's all roided up, like, using elephant steroids. Right. Because that's how you got on the starting defense at Eastern State University, unless you were Alvin Mack. Oh, the esteemed Eastern State. Yes. Yeah. Yes, williams Bryce Stadium was turned into Wolf Den Stadium. <laughs> okay, I understand. So... so Latimer finds out he's he, he's a starter on defense, and he goes, starting defense, place at the table, and then smashes his head through a, a car window because he is full of elephant steroids. I think I know Marcus Lattimore, and I also know a Lattimore that went to Ohio State that was a first-round draft. Marshawn Lattimore, Marshawn yes. Lattimore. I don't no, know the, anything this about is, this. This is, this is Steve Latimer, who is I, like clean and jerking 600 pounds – in the weight room yeah, in the right movie. now. Yeah, but in the movie. In the movie. Yeah. So but probably I, in real life, too. So, he was so I very never, roided up. So do, if we're going to do this podcast, and again, we've already heard from advertisers, they want to get involved. I should probably understand what I'm doing. Should I actually watch this dumb movie? It's not a dumb movie, Patrick. It, it is. It's it's. Can I? It's a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> James Conn is the head coach now of I a do. major of a major college football program, and he has two assistants. Don't sleep on James Conn. <laughs> Jimmy Conn, baby. What about Sunny? Is it Sunny? Is it as good as Keanu Reeves going lefty in whatever movie he was in? in? The replacements. Yeah. Is it as good as far that? better than that? Far better. Omar Epps as Darnell Jefferson, the star freshman tailback. But our dumb show is called Place at the Table. What the hell does it have to do with the program? Well, here's the thing. We're on the starting defense. We got a place at the table. And oh, by the way, I like to eat a little bit. Yeah, and that's going to be a running theme. Again, this works on many levels. Thank you, Dustin. Well, the best thing about it, and the reason I've already been, we've been reached out to by advertisers is because you you travel, just those that don't know, Andy Staples is a senior writer, college football, sportsillustrated.com. He hosts on SiriusXM, College Sports Nation, all over the planet. He's got, his Rolodex would literally make Saban blush. So he goes on the road throughout the whole entire fall, and when he does, he gets away from his wifey, what he does mostly is he talks a little college football, but mostly you just eat. 
Barbecue. Barbecue mostly. Barbecue is my favorite, but I'm actually going through my my photos on my phone. I'm looking at some boar bacon. I'm looking at... Looking at a, a burger with candied jalapenos and mm. bacon. Let's see what else we got. I got a got an old fashioned and milkshake form. Mm. Yeah, we're not we're not messing around. So we will be heading into the what? This is going to be the fourth year of the playoff, mm-hmm. and you know it's interesting because now how long have you for Sports Illustrated and Series X? How long have you covered college football? Well, for for SI, this is my tenth season. Damn. Uh, but I've covered college football all but two years post-college. So uh, this will be 15 years for me because uh, I covered Tennessee for the Chattanooga Times Free Press and I covered Florida for the Tampa Tribune before I got the job at SI. And there were two years where I covered high schools. But. And, and just to be clear, you're listening to two 39-year-old dudes that still believe in the greatness of Michael Vick, not oh. that part of Michael Vick. I was thinking about this the other day, about <laughs> Michael Vick, the college quarterback. Best, I've, best ever. It's not even he close. Had, he, had a, he had to play with a freaking fullback. He took snaps <laughs> from under center and played with a full. Can you imagine if he was in today's offense? No pretense. Seriously, he was literally running the I formation. Oh, he... Because, okay... Here's the thing. Take take Cam Newton. Now, Cam Newton is the closest thing since. Freakiest college football right. player ever. Right. Cam, Cam Newton is the size of an NFL defensive end, runs really well, has a great arm. Michael Vick had a perfect arm. Perfect. He, he moved faster and quicker than Johnny Manziel. Right. And had a perfect arm. Per- long ball, accuracy, short, do anything, throw outs, run. He looked like a video game. If he was in the program, it wouldn't even make sense on film. Right. Well, they'd win every game. There'd be no drama at but, all. No, but he, I would tell friends at South Carolina, you were at Florida at the time on Spurrier's national championship team. You were a starting tackle. <laughs> no. I, I, would I tell was f- a ta- tackling dummy uh, <laughs> for the starting defense. I would get drunk and go to the bars in Columbia, and anybody that would listen to my college football obsessed ass, I would say, you don't get it. Michael Vick will be the greatest NFL player of all time. I still believe that it could have happened. There's a lot of alternate histories here. If, if he's not fighting dogs... Maybe Bobby Petrino is still coaching the Falcons. Could be. Cons- and they're all together, and Vic's like, you know, Tom Brady right now. That, there's a possibility. Now, and so that's to give context. Now, as as we kind of roll this thing out, again, Andy's going to be on, a, on the road a lot of the time. Right now, you're in Florida. I'm in Los Angeles. So coast-to-coast perspective, whether it comes to Pac-12, SEC, whatever comes out. But here's where we sit as the podcast starts. Week zero just went down. And I was in Vegas during week zero. Did you have action on the Stanford Rice know, game? Dude, I, had, I had action on I had first half Colorado State and Oregon State, who is putrid, by the way. But I wanted to tell you that to tell you this. The sports book, Andy Staples, started to buzz as noon on Saturday rolled around. And just as it started to go down, BYU and Portland State, who's not terrible, by the way, and Colorado State with Bobo opening up their new stadium. The, the sports book from baseball to college football absolutely was electric. Well, that is, that is good to hear. I'm glad the, the folks in Vegas are excited. You know, our Sirius XM colleague, which is weird to say this, Brent Musburger. Yeah, that's my guy. show from out there. He's, uh, he's, Saturday was huge for him because everybody was getting ready for the fight. Yes. So week zero came at a very good time for, for the folks in Vegas. That's, that's just, just some, some action to whet the appetite for the, for the big one. Place at the table. What? 
And the big one, there's two games really basically this weekend that matter a lot. Remember last year, big games, Notre Dame and Texas, one of them. But there's two big games. And the reason we were going to hold on to the name from the program to place at the table podcast, we were going to be like McIlwain and Harbaugh and kind of pull the okie doke on rosters and who's going to be. Dude, these two are acting in part of my language, kind of like bitches, because they're not (laughs) necessarily like they're playing games with each other. And now it's starting to get weird. Well, so here's the deal. Okay. McElwain really can't name a quarterback because he doesn't know which one. He's got one three quarterbacks. One. Yeah. None of them have this. This is not a good problem to have. None of them have distanced themselves. They have no idea who they want to play at quarterback. It's going to be one of those deals where they kind of try some guys out, see what they look like with the lights on. That is not what you want going into a game against a Don Brown defense. Now, the Michigan thing, I this is Harbaugh just being weird about right. the roster. And here, here's my theory on this. Because there's no good reason other than Harbaugh just wants to be weird, which may be the only reason. When has he but, ever done anything differently than just be weird with his khakis and slamming milk? This right, would, exactly. This wouldn't be any different. Exactly. So the Big Ten people get all holier than thou about the way the SEC schools, especially the SEC West schools, handle their scholarships. You know how Alabama... Uh, has these guys, all these five stars and four stars they sign. Sure. And then suddenly they just disappear yeah. if they're not playing. Yeah. Well, we call that getting processed. And the Big Ten people are, we don't do that. That's that's what those evil people in the SEC do. Well, guess what? Urban Meyer processes people and Jim Harbaugh processes people. And my guess is they don't want people counting the 85 scholarships. They don't want to count the 85 scholarship players and see who got processed. It's 11 Michigan and 17 Florida. By the way, right now Michigan's laying three and a half, which I think is hilarious and I did bet on Florida in Vegas. Why? Nobody nobody should bet on this game. Well, yes, you should because Michigan has zero, minus zero returning starters. I don't care. They may still be better. If, If Florida can't throw a forward pass... It doesn't matter. That's it's going to be by the way at and Stadium in Texas in Arlington. And here's the th- here's the thing about McIlwain. McIlwain, after humping the shark this summer, has now started to take shots at. He Harbaugh. says it wasn't him. It wasn't uh, allegedly. He, alleged, he says it wasn't him. Allegedly getting busy Please with don't the shark. Sue us. I understand. I said alleged. Now. Harbaugh is doing what Harbaugh does. He took his team to Rome. He's gallivanting with celebrities. And today, McIlwain comes out and been like, yeah, probably something I wouldn't do. It's just a subtle, passive-aggressive shot, and that's what all coaches in college football right now like to do to that freak Harbaugh. Absolutely. But Harbaugh did it right back because you know he won't, he won't announce his starting quarterback either, either even though we're pretty sure it's Wilton Spate. Because... It's not going to be O'Corn. It's going to be Spate. Right. And now Spate, it's it's funny because as the the off season went on, there was more and more negativity about Spate because uh, probably because ESPNU would replay the the Ohio State Michigan game over and over again, right? And there's a couple picks in there that's just like, oh my! And then, but then you find out he was barely standing up because he got hurt in the Iowa game. Yes, so it's a very strange situation, and that's that's the deal with Florida. Like Florida's fans will riot if Luke Del Rio starts, but. The fact of the matter is, they've never really seen a healthy Luke Del Rio against a good opponent. 
he got hurt against North Texas last year. Yeah, he. I mean, that's the thing. And then they have the transfer, obviously, from Notre and Golson from Notre Dame. But Del Rio. Not, no, no, no. Wait, you're, you're a couple. Uh, you're a couple just, Notre Dame transfers <laughs> behind. I, I just went to Florida State with my transfer. Mal- Malik Zaire. <laughs> Malik Zaire, is, Zaire yeah. who, by the way, lost to Kaiser, who was just announced today as the starter in Cleveland. That's either here nor there. But they've got three, right? They've got Del Rio. They've got uh, Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks, freshman, who a lot of people he, like. He looks the part. Yeah. He, he's, he's big, strong, fast, big arm, but has not distanced himself in the competition. But as far as the game, could be the year that this offense, and McIlwain's supposed to be this offensive genius, could be the year for Florida at 17 that the offense catches up to the defense. It very well could if they get good quarterback play. What's going on now does not suggest to me that's going to happen. Now, still, the pieces around the quarterback are better than they have Come been. on, Zaire, when he's played, even in a Brian Kelly offense. What? What? When? 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 Well, prior to getting hurt and that, getting that in that Virginia one, game. So, so that one bowl game against LSU, yes. if you go back and watch it, he was splitting time with Golson, and Golson made the bigger throws. He beat out Kaiser coming be- into two years ago. He Okay, he did. He started against Texas. He, he shredded Texas. He shredded that, up Texas. That Texas defense was awful. So Everyone everybody. shredded <laughs> yeah. Texas. So he got hurt in a game against Virginia that was a very close game. And then, by the way, Kaiser came in and just went nuts. Yes. So maybe you're right. Maybe I am. Maybe, maybe there's a limited sample size. Then tell me what I'm looking at with Michigan because we can you can argue constantly okay. about returning starters and if you look up and down Michigan's roster it's completely empty. Sure. Okay. This is the first team really that has mostly Jim Harbaugh recruits on it. Yeah, Brady Hoax players are donezo. Yeah. He, look what he did with Brady Hoax players. Now imagine what he can do with players that he wanted. So you're high on Michigan catching three and a half. Now, I know we don't do a ton of gambling, but uh, that's We can do as much gambling as you want. I'm always wrong. I'm always... No, here's the thing. I am smart enough to know that trying to predict how a a large group of 18 to 22-year-olds will perform is a fool's errand. Place at the table! If you were to take a step back, Andy Staples, and think about this year, because you've done it now for 10 straight years for Sports Illustrated, so you always have to come up with narratives for the college football season. Mm-hmm. Now, the playoff, I, we both agree we love the playoff, yes? Yes. Okay, we both agree and, and, that. and it's funny because when it started, I was like, how fast can they get to eight? And the four, I got to admit, I have really liked it. They've, they've really liked it. Ass backwards into some luck. The committee has fallen. However, mm-hmm. it's worked out perfectly. We're going to go through the conferences and some of the teams that can actually come out. But when, when you take a look at each season, you always have to set the table here on place at the table. What? Yeah, look at that. Correct me, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but it really does come down to Meyer, Saban, and quarterbacks. Mm. Uh, we're leaving Dabo Sweeney out of this, and I, I don't understand why we can't mention Dabo Sweeney with the well, other Well, you're guys. obsessed with Sweeney. Um, Tell us one more time about the Alabama story and the credit card. Really Will you good? get off his jock? No. He <laughs> deserves every bit of it. He, he Question marks on that Clemson team, though. Well, quarterback, because yeah, they just lost the best one in program history. But Alabama's had a question mark at quarterback every year. If they had your man... Seem- if, by the way, if Clemson had your man crush in Nick Fitzgerald, you'd be all in on him. Oh, my Lord. We'll Clemson, get to him. If Clemson had Nick Fitzgerald, it wouldn't even be fair. We'll get to him, but then you tell me. 
Meyer and Saban. And by the way, we'll do this uh, in another podcast. I think Urban Meyer is already the greatest college football coach ever. And I think what? We, I, it's easy to back up. I'll do that later. No, it is not. That is that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Saban. He's a he's a great coach, but Saban is is. If Saban is not, Saban is definitely the greatest now and is probably the greatest of all time. Win percentage, don't I mean seriously, Meyer has been ridiculous. Okay. National Sa- championships are all that matters. Saban is off the lake in West Virginia, hanging out with his boo, jumping off the dock with Tim uh, Tebow. Georgia. Doing sh- no, it's in West Virginia, no? Saban's Lake House is in Georgia. Okay. But he again, Alabama. Now this year the SEC may not be, just like last year, what we've come to think of as far as the SEC and strength. I'll, yeah, you're 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 being nice about it. It it's there's bad. a good chance it could be bad. Alabama and the thirteen dwarfs again. Which you know, that's not good for the league. Okay. But sex does sell and you know. So here's where I'm just gonna start and you tell me when I get to a guy that isn't legit. Sophomores, Buchel, Francois, studs. I don't know about well, I, I think Francois could be. He he's gotta learn to make the the easy throws too. He can make uh, the that last throw against Michigan in the Orange Bowl. Oh wow. Yes. But he doesn't make the easy ones sometimes, and that is is what held them back a little bit last year. Plus, the O-line wasn't that good. The O-line should be better this year. I like Florida State. We're going to no. obviously know a lot more about them. <laughs> you like Derwin James. Let's be I fair. I love Derwin <laughs> you James. Know, you, love Derwin James. Your second theme would have been Meyer, Saban, Derwin James, and we can get to the quarterbacks. Okay, so just leave those two aside. The ones that we know, Rosen, Josh Allen, uh, Sam Darnold, and mm-hmm. I think leaving Lamar Jackson out of the conversation even high in the draft next year, I think that's foolish. Yeah, it, it, Jackson's a weird one because we view him through – we view all these quarterbacks through a, a pre-draft lens. And if we just view him as a pure college football player, he's amazing. But we want to know what he's going to be at the next level. I, I, I do think he'll be a quarterback at the next level. I think he'll be okay. Uh, but I don't know that, that NFL people are going to be as high on him as they're going to be on Rosen, Allen. Darnold, we'll see. Uh, Jake Browning, I think they're going to like yeah, a lot. Yeah, but JT Barrett, Luke Falk, who was terrible in that bowl game against Minnesota. Quentin Flowers, we saw, have troubles against San Jose State, then pull away by 20. Yep. Baker Mayfield, your your obsession, Nick Fitzgerald at Mississippi State. Mason Rudolph, Jake Browning, Trace McSorley. Jalen Hurts. This is unprecedented. Yeah, I, I don't know that there's been this much quality coming back. I mean, there have been some years where at the top it was just insane, like 82 which created the the greatest quarterback draft class of all time. But this is deeper. This is deeper, and especially in terms of great college football players, because we don't know what kind of quarterback Lamar Jackson will wind up being the pros. Uh, We don't know if Jalen Hurts would even be a quarterback in the pros. We don't know if Nick Fitzgerald would be a quarterback. You know, I, I, I would assume Nick Fitzgerald will get drafted high because of measurables and everything else, but he's still developing as a passer, so we don't really know what he's going to be either. But in terms of just... College players? Wow. And I'm glad you brought up Jalen Hurts because you and I are both high on the kid. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think he's overlooked in his ability dual threat-wise overlooked. Well, and now everybody's in love with the backup. Everybody's <laughs> in love with Tua tunga Bailoa. The kid who, from Hawaii? He throws a beautiful ball. He does. Right. So but what, thing, does, what does Hurts do poorly? He's not as consistent of a, of a deep ball thrower, uh, not as accurate of a passer. I mean, look, he did not play well in the playoff from a passing standpoint. He played well from a game management standpoint, but he he didn't throw the ball well. Now, I would argue 
that it was because it played against the two best defenses he saw all year in Washington and Clemson. So that makes a difference. But the thing I always come back to with Jalen Hurts is this. Imagine anybody else in this situation. True freshman quarterback must take his team the length of the field late in the fourth quarter in the national title game. That was the situation Jalen Hurts was in. What did he do? He did scored exactly, him a touchdown. Yeah, did exactly what we just said. Now, there. it just so happens that Deshaun Watson was on the other sideline and was pretty well practiced at that and did it himself. But Jalen Hurts, I mean, think about what a moment that was. And the been. drama. Kiffin yeah. for Sarkeesian. There's yes. a lot going on around that team as far as who was running the offense and calling the shots. Yeah, so it, it's pretty incredible that it, that it went down that way. And look, I, I think the kid is going to be very good. I don't know if he's an NFL quarterback. I don't really care. I enjoy watching him play college football. But the he's, reason but he's the re- really good. You know, I know. But the reason I bring that up is because we now just to juxtapose to the NFL, we are finally entering a place because of the talent in college football this year, where teams are legitimately tanking to try to get one of these quarterbacks. Yeah, it's going to be the interesting Jets and too, Bills are both tanking to see who they love the most. Sam Darnold. No, it's not even close. No, it's going to be Allen and Rosen by the by the end of this season. <laughs> I, I'm telling you that Sam Darnold is going to get picked apart. He's going to the, Sam Darnold will go Aaron Rodgers. You can measure He'll Josh get, Allen at six five two thirty. You can measure Rosen as far as how beautifully he throws a ball. You cannot measure exactly, what Darnold can do exactly, and that's why he'll drop a little bit and he'll wind up being great. Because I mean, I was rewatching that Rose Bowl. I've watched it day. three times. By and, the then way. I, and then I rewatched the USC Washington game. And Washington's a great team. And USC had their way with them. Yeah. Darnold, he's so smooth. He's just so poised back there. But I, I guarantee you he'll get ripped apart because he's the it guy right now. Rosen's actually getting some cover from Darnold. Why do you say that? Because that's the guy everybody's focusing on in L.A. Just because he was a bigger recruit coming out and just because maybe the mechanics are better. No, what I'm saying is is Darnold is the one everybody's focusing on. Rosen's So a nice Ro- little setup for Rosen coming back from injuries. Right. He comes back from injury. Let's say he lights up Texas A&M's defense, which, you know, he can do. Everybody's like, ooh, wait, what happened? We haven't really happened? seen much from Rosen, to be fair. Right. And Allen's an interesting case, too, because they start against Iowa. So they play Iowa and, and Oregon, and... Oregon's defense is not good. Iowa's secondary is young, but Iowa's good on D and they got a good pass rush. So, you know, how well does Josh Allen do? Because people are going to look for him to elevate his team. Obviously, they don't have the talent of those teams, but people will look to see if he can elevate them. He did not against Nebraska last year. Okay, fine, Andy. Then, so as the show grows and we get closer and closer to draft time, we'll continue the show, obviously. So the, here's what I, I'm going to mark this here, and then I'm going to have Dustin play it back for us in a few months here. Oh, Rosen, yeah. Allen, Darnold, Jackson. By the time the season's said and done, where will those four be ranked? Ooh. You have, and now here's the thing. I don't even think it's close. So let me just be very clear. Are we, are we're talking about by NFL people, or are we talking about just in terms of like Heisman? We vote? turn around after the season is concluded, and okay. we say that dude was the best. That dude was two. That dude was three, and that dude came up the rear. Darnold, by far, even with the young receivers, will show himself to I be think, on another I, level. I think Darnold will be one. I do. Okay. I think I think Jackson will be two. Okay. 
First since Archie Griffin as, go as, back to back. As, as, college, as college football players. I think Allen will get drafted higher than Jackson will. Just because of his prototypical size. And, and I think Rosen passer. will too. Yeah. See, and Allen's very athletic too. But the thing is, he plays for Wyoming. Unless they just house Iowa and house Oregon and then go undefeated through the Mountain West, only the draft Knicks are going to be paying attention. So college football, Andy Staples says, Darnold won, Jackson two, but NFL compatibility, you say Allen or Rosen won two. Yeah, that's the, those are the guys the scouts are going to love. Now, I have an obsession like you do with Fitzgerald, but can you just go ahead and quickly poke a hole in Darnold so, to tell me as why the NFL it, it, scouts it's gonna be, be going mecha- nuts? It's going to be mechanics and, and What about the intangibles? What about his ability to improvise? Well, and that's when people, Tebow had good intangibles too. Listen, I don't, I'm with you. Darnold is going to be great <laughs> at, at every level, but I'm telling you, he's going to get picked apart because that's what we do to, those, if you watch to, that to that guy every year. Now, Trace McSorley played perfect. I mean, he played well, in the, obviously great yeah. in the Rose Bowl as well, but if you watch some of those throws that Darnold was making, especially late in the double coverage last in that Rose Bowl, that was the best game of the year, agreed? Maybe the national championship. Uh, there wasn't game. a lot of good defense in that Rose Bowl. There wasn't a lot of good defense, but as far as just electrics, it did turn into an arena game, an arena game in the second half. It was a lot of fun, though. Oh, it was it was fantastic. It was a heart stopper, absolutely. So, yeah that that Rose Bowl and the national title game were were the two best games. All right, so Rosen, Allen, Darnold, Jackson, but it doesn't stop there. And to be honest, if we're being straight up, there's a lot of good edge rushers coming out this year as well, but Saquon Barkley might be the best college football player. Yes, he might. He's a he's a freak, man. He's a freak. Super strong. When, when they, they post a video of him power cleaning 400 pounds, I don't think I deadlift 400 pounds right now. <laughs> he freaking power cleans it. He's a running back. That's nuts. But Geis is still there. Chubb is still there. The injuries hurt. But there's still some running. I mean, this is a loaded, as far as talent position, this Mm -hmm. this draft in this year, just watching from an aesthetic perspective is going to be just awesome. Yeah, this is going to be a a year of good offense. And it's one of those things where these are cyclical things. And last year in the SEC, for example, people were like, oh, all the SEC quarterbacks stink. Well, yes, they're all very young and inexperienced, and they have – probably the best group of edge rushers they've had in years. Right. Well, now it's flipped. Now the quarterbacks are better and more experienced, and they've got a bunch of young edge, edge rushers. So suddenly, oh, offense is back in the SEC. Well, yeah, that's that's how it works. Place at the table. <laughs> and you mentioned it kind of a tease. You're a radio professional, Andy Staples. You mentioned a little bit of a tease, and I do want to get to some of these as far as the conferences are concerned and where the power lies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the SEC you mentioned could be Bama, and then pretty much everybody else. If I were to make this statement declaratively, the Big Ten and then everybody else, would you agree? No. Okay. The Break ACC down. Atlantic is the best division in college football. The best division, but I'm talking conference in general. Well, the the ACC and the Big Ten are pretty equal. They they're both really big, really tough at the top, and then some chum at the bottom. Okay, so ACC Big Ten. But I think we can, as we enter the 2017 season, and again, you've got an ACC-SEC matchup that's going to be bananas with mm-hmm. Florida State and Alabama. And by the way, just so people realize, the loser is fine. Yes. The loser now, we're will gonna, be fine. We're going to freak out about it because that's what we do. Because it's great. But yeah, the loser is absolutely fine. 
fair at this point, and this is what I love because college football fans, you know, the SEC fans, I went to South Carolina, you went to Florida, but I grew up in Big Ten country, and now I'm here in Los Angeles. Fair to say that we can declaratively say going into this season, SEC strong three, but that's about it. Yeah, right now. Now, if let's say Jarrett Stidham turns Auburn into a dynamic offense, their defense is as good as it was last year. Uh, Matt Canada unlocks all the playmakers at LSU, and they have a dynamic offense. I'm down on both those teams, and by the way. And Georgia's offensive line shows up. Eason shows of, up. And Eason's good, and the backs are good. All of a sudden, the SEC looks a heck of a lot stronger. But, yeah, that, or, or let's say Florida, you know, whoever winds up starting quarterback for, for Florida winds up being good. All of a sudden, the SEC looks pretty darn good. But that's a, those are all big ifs. The only, the only sure thing in the SEC is Alabama. Conference storylines, I think, finally this year. Now, you were all over West Virginia's defense last year, and I think that was the only defense that played in the Big 12 last year. But as a conference, uh, like if you look at the conference in a whole, I think that could, the Big 12 is going to be better than it was last year. If it it will absolutely be better. They were very young last year across the board in the Big 12. So, but I don't mean just Oklahoma, by the way. No, no. Look, I have Oklahoma State making the playoff. Yeah. In in our preseason predictions at SI. So I have Oklahoma State winning the league and making the playoff. But Oklahoma is going to be better. Oklahoma State's going to be better. Kansas State's going to be better. West Virginia with Will Greer is going to light some people up. Texas is going to be better with Tom Herman coaching. TCU is going to be better because... They had horrible injury luck on defense, wound up playing a bunch of young guys. They're going to be back to having a good defense with probably a pretty decent offense. So I just named six of the ten. By the way, Will Greer, for those of you that love college football or may like it, he would be starting at Florida this year, but he loves steroids. (laughs) Admittedly, I mean, uh, now Holgerson's going to be fine with them, but the kid's uber talented, but he did have issues where he was suspended for steroids. He was suspended for a year he tested positive in one of those NCAA tests, which if you test positive with those, it is a year suspension. So, yeah, he he sat out. And now he could have actually come back. If he'd stayed at Florida, he could have been starting game six last year. And how different would Florida's season have been? It's crazy you say, as far as some of the transfers, like Stidham at Auburn. Uh, Matt Rule now takes over Big 12 style for Baylor. Uh, Stidham was supposed to be the next guy up. He's transferred. So question marks this year with two teams college football fans have gotten to know as far as offenses, Baylor and TCU. Yeah, Baylor's going to be a different offense. We don't even know how they're going to look. I mean, uh, Rule is is going to keep things kind of spread out. It's not going to be the offense he ran at Temple necessarily because he wants to take advantage of the speed that he's inherited, but he does not want to run a lightning-fast tempo, which is, is something that only Kansas State has has managed to succeed with in the Big 12. You know, Gary Patterson, when he came to TCU, when TCU got in the Big 12, they tried to run a more pro-style offense, and it didn't work. Right. They went to, to an air raid offense, basically, and suddenly they were, you know, in the top five. So the thing is, I don't, I don't know if that's sustainable with TCU because Trevon Boykin, it turns out, was a very special quarterback. No, he was beyond special. And by the way, he's still stuck in the NFL, which is fascinating with all his issues. I watched him, yeah. Pete Carroll must think there's something they there. They love because, him. Because they would have kept him, given what's happened, had he not been but good. But Staples, he wasn't a good college. He was a great, he was he was a great, great college. college. You're now, exactly right. You wrote SI.com. I, I love the article. Now, Big 12, as far as storylines for conferences, finally with the championship game. But 
what I loved about your article at SI.com was the idea that you just said, look, this is this comes down to a talent deficiency when it comes to the Big 12 Conference. Yeah, it's, it is shocking, the draft numbers. Now, we know that they have yeah, the, the fewest players drafted. Yeah, the disparity compared because, to, yeah, okay. Yeah, they, they have 10 schools, so they're going to have the fewest, but they have the fewest per capita. So if you just divide by the number of schools, they still have the fewest. And the, the worst part is they're drafted so much lower. Right than they are in some other leagues. I mean, you know, in depending on which league we're talking about, 20 to 40 spots lower. Pac-12. I've moved to Los Angeles three years ago. I'm an SEC and Big Ten guy. I have to tell you that I find myself continually being very defensive of the Pac-12. Again, kind of similar to uh, the Big 12 in the sense that not a ton of defense, but otherworldly offensively. Tell me why I'm crazy when I say there's only three teams that matter. USC, Washington, and Stanford. Add a team. You're that crazy. Add a there's team only, if you want. A, there's only one other team I could even add. Oh, and I know who you're going It depends on this new quarterback, and that's Utah. You love Whittingham. <laughs> you cannot get enough of Utah's well, head coach, who, no, by the I, way, you said USC would eventually hire after they blew out their coach. I, well, yeah, when I had Clay Helton fired uh, <laughs> after the third game Thank last you, year. Sam Darnold. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, if he hadn't switched to Sam Darnold. I talked to Sean Salisbury on my show the other day, and he talked to Clay Helton, and he said people will be foolish if they doubt Darnold. He said he saved his job first off. He saved the program after all of the turmoil. Well, you know who doubted Darnold first? Yes. Clay Clay Helton. Helton, Who, by the way, his transfer, Max Brown, is going to be starting at Pitt. That's right. So for Utah, okay, I, I love the defense. I love how they play on the line of scrimmage. I do not love the offense. It has never been all that dynamic, uh, with the exception of, of the 2008 year when they had Brian Johnson. I'm talking about in the Whittingham years. I'm not talking about back when Meyer was coaching. But, uh, yeah, they, they've been able to, to stitch these things together. But to take that next step, to win the Pac-12 South, and, and that would be a big ask this year with USC being this good, with UCLA you know, hopefully being back. Uh, but Tyler Huntley won the job at Utah, which is really interesting because the other guy was named a captain. It's sort of like the Baker Mayfield, Trevor Knight situation from a couple years ago. Right. And so Troy Williams was named a captain. Everyone's assuming Troy Williams is going to start again. And then they give him, they give the job to Tyler Huntley and they call him an quote unquote electric athlete. Sometimes a quarterback, this is, like TCU, Trevon Boykin changed everything. Maybe he's that guy for them. Because you know Utah's always going to have a good offensive line. They're always going to have a good defensive line. They're always going to find good running backs. Right. They've not had the quarterback. They also have Darren Carrington from Utah now. But you're kind of proving my point, which we'll get into in further cast, but you're proving my point about Utah because of Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer goes back to Utah. They're special again. Whittingham's there, and they're just good. Well, they, they did have the year where they went to the Sugar Bowl and beat Alabama. But yeah. that's but you're right. Since they've gotten in the Pac-12, they've been just good. The realignment, it's just crazy now whenever you say, because we're both 39. When I still hear certain teams. Hey, I'm not 39 yet, buddy. Oh, I still 30, got another month. All right, ease up, youngster. The certain teams that we're talking about as far as where they play now. Okay, so Pac-12, again, USC, I think a lot of question marks. Maybe slept on, and even as a coach, Peterson, what he's done with Washington. It's unbelievable. I was there last week, and 
he's doing exactly what he did at Boise State. We always wondered, okay, well, can he do this with Power Five players? Can he resoundingly can he get, yes? Can, yeah, can he get the four and five star guys and mix them in with the what he calls the OKGs, the R kind of guys? And yeah, he can. Uh, they got a guy named Nick Harris, mm-hmm. and by recruit ranking, he would have been basically the last guy in the 2016 recruiting class. People would have looked at him as a throw-in because one of his high school teammates signed with him too and was a, a four-star. And Nick Harris wound up starting four games as a 270-pound true freshman offensive guard <laughs> who didn't turn 18 until October last year. He started the Pac-12 championship game. He started the Peach Bowl against Alabama. And now he's sitting there at 293. And if you go back and look at some of the, the Remember film the from Remember the size year, difference between yeah. Washington and Alabama when they played yeah. each other? Well, that's what, so when he's not playing against Deron Payne and Dalvin Tomlinson, he's just dominating people in the Pac-12 at 270 pounds. So now he's 293. So that's, that's the kind of guy that, that Chris Peterson can find. And I asked Chris Peterson about, you know, what did you see in a guy like him? And he said, well, he's quick. He's athletic. He's smart. He's tough. What else do you need? And he's like, we saw that when we scouted him in high school. He's like, I don't know why nobody else saw that, but that's not my problem. I'm only worried about what I see. And and it, he makes a distinction between him and a lot of their staffs. They're not worried about who else has offered somebody. You'll see all these other coaches. They're very concerned about who's offered who. And that's why Washington has only offered 77 scholarships for the class of 2018 the median number of scholarships offered by the Power 5 schools is 206. Damn. Washington doesn't mess around. Like, if they want you, they think you're awesome. And i got to be honest, if I'm another coach in the Pac-12, whoever Washington offers, I'm offering because I know they can scout. Okay, Washington, USC, Stanford, who again, what, did you see that first play from from scrimmage? Yeah. Was it Bryce Love? Who's that? Yeah. 62 we, we, yards to the end we, zone. That was we crazy. knew Bryce Love was going to be good. I mean, he... He played well when McCaffrey was dinged up last year. Stanford's going to be really good. 62-7 over Rice. Stanford, USC, a week from Saturday. Thank you, Charlie Strong, for being who you thought. Charlie Strong is like, Tagger goes to Oregon, and it's going to be a different look team. But Tagger goes to Oregon. They do have a Juco right at at quarterback, which we can talk about. But he goes there. Charlie Strong comes in, and a 16-0 cushion to San Jose State with a new coach. That's just what Charlie Strong does. He takes talent, and he underachieves. They won the game. They wanted it's San Jose State. They only gave up six more points after that. <laughs> San Jose State. Quinn Flowers is a stub, by the way. Quinn Flowers is great. USF will be fine. So, but that, go ahead. No JUCO transfer at Oregon. No, the, no, Justin, no, the, the kid that was a freshman last year. Yeah, Justin kid. Herbert was a freshman last year, and he's going to be real good. They're still probably going to have some issues on D, but I think their offense will be just fine. Okay, so that's the Pac-12. I'm going to give you from the Big Ten as we talk with Andy about some of these uh, conference breakdowns. Four teams that can win a national championship. Uh, obviously, you're going to have Michigan and Ohio State in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Penn State, big time in the conversation. I cannot believe what Franklin's done because I, I, I think he's kind of shady. And then uh, Wisconsin. Man can coach. He won nine games two years in a row at Vanderbilt. He, he's shady. Don't Who else in college football could have done that? Nick Saban? Hugh, Urban Meyer, maybe? Hugh Freeze blushes when he talks about Franklin. That's no. W- Wisconsin that's can win a national championship this year. If you say so. Do those four teams have a chance to be in the playoff? Uh, they do because Wisconsin, you know, if, if they get through the West and, and then win the Big Ten championship game, then they, they can make the playoff. 
I'm not sure they have enough horses to to beat an Ohio State or a Penn State in the in the Big Ten title game, but we we'll see. Ohio State's going to be uber talented this year. I'm very curious how their offense looks with Kevin Wilson running it. I think a lot of the problem last year was play calling because when JT Barrett is at his best, he's throwing a lot of short and intermediate passes that guys are catching with five yards of space around them and they turn a, an eight-yard catch into a 23-yard catch. You didn't see a lot of that last year. You saw them, they either run the ball or they throw deep. Well, JT Barrett's not good at throwing deep. And Wilson, by the way, from a gambling perspective, why I like Ohio State going to Bloomington and laying the points is because Wilson's- <laughs> he recruited all the players Dude, in Indiana. Legitimately, those are his players. <laughs> yeah, he you knows every inf- one of them. You give that information to Meyer, I think you're good to go. Yeah, no, you, that's no problem because he knows everything about those defensive players too. So yeah, he can he knows who to pick on. So that that one should be, but that's going to be interesting going forward. Because I think you may see a JT Barrett that looks a lot more like the JT Barrett, his redshirt freshman year when Tom Herman was calling the play. Well, he's 27. I mean, at this he's, point, yeah, he's a doctor. It's, we, it's fine. He'll we've gone good. through DUIs with him. We've gone through born agains. We've done everything with JT at this point. It does feel like he's been there forever. Khalid Almin. Like, it's college basketball right <laughs> yeah, exactly. It feels like he has. Place at the table. What? All right, so what we're going to do, and again, it's a place at the table podcast, Andy Staples, Sports Illustrated. My name's Patrick Maher. I, I've, I've been doing a show, and Andy's been coming on the show on Mad Dog Sports Radio on SiriusXM for years now. So we, we're excited about this, and I, I would imagine we just did 45 minutes on college football, which is how Andy makes a living. But now I think we should talk a little food. He'd like to make a living as if he was Guy Ferrari. Well, SI's paying me to write about food now. now. I still have to write about football. Do you have so. to? Do you have to go like your Lance Bass and frost your tips like guy? I don't think that would look good on me. That's <laughs> not. That's not a great look for me. My hair tends to go curly. Like if I let it grow out, it's a very brown Ronald McDonald kind of look. So no, I, I think I'm. <laughs> I think I think I'm good. I, I will stay away from Flavor Town. Also, I don't think I could grow a goatee. Flavor Town. So I've known you long enough to know this. What happens is you go through a college football season of gluttony, and then the off season you'll start working out a little bit. But those days are done. You're going to be on the road, and you're. Oh, going to I've eat. busted my ass in the gym today, and I've been pretty good about upping the workout when I'm eating a lot. So I'm hoping, like I haven't gone up a pant size or anything this yeah, preseason. Life's about so checks and balances. That's a, it's a good sign. But and then when I'm home, I try to keep keep it reined in pretty good. So like today, I had salad for dinner. So now I don't. That doesn't completely counteract walking around Seattle trying to find the best desserts in Pike Place Market. I cannot believe, by the way, because I want to start with Austin, Austin, Texas, a city I've never been to. Okay, and we're gonna have to fix that. It, I really have always wanted. What is it? South by Southwest. I'm not going to hang out with the hippies. No, you don't. You don't want to go to South by Southwest. It's just a. That's just a bunch of guys with handlebar mustaches walking around, complaining about not being able to get an Uber. We will get. <laughs> we will try Lyft, losers. We will get into Herman as the podcast continues. But Austin, great city. What's good with Staples when I go to Austin as far as eating? Well, I tried a new barbecue place there, and you know Austin's the barbecue capital of the world. They have more great places, kind of you know, per capita. Isn't it Kansas City? Every city thinks no. they're the barbecue capital. Kansas of the world. City, I, I now Kansas City is getting better. It sounds like because they're they're realizing their their dependence on sauce is a problem. 
But the classic Kansas City places are not that good. And they dump this gooey sweet sauce all over it. If if you got to put sauce on it, it means the meat sucks. So bougie to act like you don't like barbecue sauce, by the way. I don't. You eat your ribs dry. If they're good, Out you shouldn't need it. No, dude, you dip. It's called dipping. That's what it was no. made for, dipping. No. I mean, now certain places like Eastern North Carolina, that's more of a marinade than a sauce anyway. It's just thin, you know, paper thin or vinegar, thin vinegary stuff. So it's not really a sauce anyway. But it just depends on the place. You know, where you went to college. Yes. Columbia, South Carolina with the mustard-based sauce. <laughs> yes. Well, that kind of makes the sandwich because it's so different. If I'm but, in Austin, by the way, if, here's what I want from you. What's mm-hmm. good, though? Because if I'm going to yep. Austin, yep. Uh, where do I stop? Where do I eat? All right. So, unfortunately, Franklin Barbecue, which makes the best brisket in the world, you have to wait four and a half hours in line for it. They had a fire in their pit a couple nights ago. They're going to be closed for a while. So, you need to go to La Barbecue. Okay. Or you need to go to this Leroy and Lewis place. La Barbecue is where you can go. You get what, what the Texans call the Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity is brisket pork ribs and sausage mm. and you can, that's most places in texas you go they they roll out a sheet of butcher paper and you order that sort of by the pound and that's what you get at your classic texas barbecue joint la barbecue is one of those does it very well almost as well as anybody in the country evan Leroy is the pit master there he used to work at a place called friedman's in austin which is also very good <laughs> but he got tired of doing the same thing over and over right. he got tired of playing the hits so he wanted to do something different. So he'll do beef cheek one night. He'll do like double cut pork chops. It's all smoked. Uh, he'll smoke hamburgers. I had wings and a burger when I was there. It's insane. It's like the best backyard burger you ever had in your life. Can Seattle compare at all? Are we just going to talk kale and quinoa or can you get some no, good food in Seattle? I actually found a good barbecue place in Seattle called Jack's. Uh, it's a Texas-style place. The brisket actually is not the thing you want to order. You want to get the ribs. They have hey, hold great. On, hold on, hold on. You were going to Seattle for the local fare, and you're telling me about oh, a no, place I, from Texas. Oh, no, no. I'm, t- I'm just saying I was shocked to find that, and then we'll get into the local fare, too. But Jack's, no, it's called. Jack's. So they have beef bacon. They take beef belly. That sounds amazing. And they cure it and smoke it. So imagine that steak and bacon had a baby. That's what this stuff is. And it's awesome. Vegetarians just stopped the podcast. No vegetarian <laughs> will listen to this podcast. So here's the place you need to go in Seattle if we want to talk, you know, Seattle, local, Japanese. It's called Sukushinbo. Say it again. Sukushinbo. One more time. Sukushinbo. All right. Hit me. So no sign. You have to know what the addresses are around it. Because there, there is no identifying mark on this. How do you restaurant. tell your Uber driver to get the Shogushin bow? You just don't. type it in, dude. It'll show, it'll pop up. Where's the sign? Exactly. So I was walking and I was going to a different place and got some bad info from Google. The place I wanted to go was closed. So I'm like, okay, where in walking distance is good? And I go to, to Yelp and to Eater just to see if there's anything that's close. I'm, it turns out I was 0.2 miles from this place. But then it's like, if you didn't get a reservation, you got no shot, and you have to call ahead for reservations, and they hardly ever answer the phone, and I'm sitting there like, it's, it's like an hour and 45 to closing time. So I walk in there, and the lady looks at me, and she's like, are you Tommy? Are you Ryan Gosling? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm not Tommy. Tommy has a reservation. <laughs> like, I just got me, one party one. 
can I eat here? And she's like, wait outside, maybe an hour. <laughs> and so I just stood outside for an hour. <laughs> and you know what? She gave me the point, sat me down at the sushi bar, and this place was awesome. Now, I was I was trying everything, so I only got one sushi roll. Right. And it was like it was like scallop and avocado and uh seared salmon on top. If I go back, I'll just do the fifty dollar per person chef's table sushi where he just uses his imagination and is just handing you stuff because I saw the people next to me did that and they were happy with every single thing he gave them. All right, coming up later in the week, by the way, we'll go to Pullman. So if you happen to be hanging out with Mike Leach, we can tell you where to eat there. And then we're going to go to Moscow. Is it Moscow or Moscow? Moscow, Idaho, Idaho. seven miles from Pullman. It's a geographic wonder. You learn all about the difference between state governments because <laughs> because there's a spot where the, you, know, you hit the state line. Right. So the minimum wage in Idaho is like five dollars an hour lower than it is in Washington. So you hit the Idaho side of the line and it's like 15 new chain restaurants on the Washington side of the line. One weed store. He's <laughs> total weed. I mean, listen, it, to each their own, I would say. So quickly, though, on what's good with Staples. If you're in Austin, there's two places, the names. So you want to go to Leroy and Lewis if you want something a little different on the barbecue. La Barbecue if you want the more traditional Texas barbecue. You find yourself in Seattle, you're going Jack's for barbecue. And Sukushinbo. And Sukushinbo. And, and when you're done at Sukushinbo... Go down toward Pike Place Market, go to Cupcake Royale, get the Blueberry Brown Betty Cupcake, and get some of the Stumptown Coffee Ice Cream. Okay, Sugar Lips. That sounds nice. Place at the table! All right, so just to start, that is a little taste of Place at the Table pod. Now, here's what we're going to do. If we can get your ass motivated... I think what we're going to do is do it twice a week, and then coming up later in the week, we'll do some mailbag stuff, yes. but also get you set up for the games, maybe do a little bit more gambling. I think that's a great idea. Now, I'm wrong with the gambling stuff constantly. Yeah, so. but everybody wants the preeminent sports, college football cover on the planet. They well, at least we, want your picks. We can offer a money-back guarantee. The price they paid for this podcast, we will give it back to them. <laughs> if they don't win on my gambling picks. If you have a mailbag question for Staples, you can hit us up. Place at the table pod at Gmail. Remember, give us a follow on Twitter. P-A-T-T podcast. Notice how we named it after me and not Andy podcast. No, I yeah. like yours better. But the P-A-T, it reminds me a little bit of Knight Rider because Kit was K-I-T-T in capital letters. And then uh, there was the evil one called, I think it was called Cat. You and I are the only people. If anybody is like 30 or younger listening, they just completely blanked out on Knight Rider. Car, I, sorry. K-A-R-R. I have Car, to, I have the to, evil kit. I have to watch. I'll watch it by the for the next pod, but I have to watch the dumb program. You're going to love it. <laughs> Look at it. Dustin if, shaking his head yes as well. If for nothing else than, than the 1994 fashions. Okay, I would just like to, Sam Darnold's family, I'd like to apologize in advance for this season of Place at the Table. Andy Staples has been remarkably disrespectful to Sam, and I will not stand for it as the podcast continues. Well, then I'll say the same thing to Derwin James. Because you're going to clown me on Derwin James, but I'm telling you. Do you like Derwin James, not to get geeky, more than you liked Jalen Ramsey at the same time? 
different different kind of players. You know, Jalen was more lockdown corner type. Derwin could be a lockdown corner, but he's so good at everything else that they have him playing free safety. They move him up to linebacker depth. They have him rush the quarterback. Uh, he's he's jack of all trades. Okay, before we get out of here, is there truth to the rumor that you have text messaged Nick Fitzgerald heart emojis and winky faces? What one four three? No <laughs> one four three. No, but but I like the guy. That that dude, if he develops as a passer, is going to be a weapon. And remember. That's the same college offense that produced one Dak Prescott. All right. You can hear the rap on SiriusXM. Andy's going to join us on the SiriusXM show, The Rap, every Wednesday night. You can find Andy Staples at Andy underscore Staples on Twitter and read them at SI.com. Anything else, my friend? I think we've said it all. I think we've said enough. That is place at the table. This is the in, the indoctrination. I mean, this is exciting because as college football ramps up, but then you'll realize Andy will start to completely overtake the show basically with pork. (laughs) Sometimes beef, occasionally chicken. Did you say, by the way, just to clarify before we go, did you say when steak and bacon have a kid? Yes. I think you've said it all, my friend. This is Place at the Table podcast.